0: Hello, my name is Jack Oatway, and I am Jay Oway, and this is the Like Dragon Like Sun Podcast. That's right, a father son podcast
1: about all things D&D, and we're all excited. I'm a little overwhelmed this morning because recently Tosh's Cauldron of Everything has dropped, and I've been looking through it all. I haven't get, gotten to all
0: of it yet, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about subclasses Yeah, so today. this is, at this point, this this has only really been out for maybe about 36 hours. Um, so it's new, not just to us, but to the world, and hopefully for those of you listening this week... Um, new to you as well. Uh, there have been a few reviews of uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything out already, but this isn't really what we're going to do. We're not really reviewing this book today. Um, what we're doing instead is going to we're going to look back at all the stuff that had been in the unearthed Arcana class feature variants and the Unearthed Arcana feats and some of the things like that, um, which we have been playtesting for the last year and see what of it has made the cut for Tasha's, what got changed, what got dropped, what got buffed, nerfed, um, just so that you out there in Radioland can... When you look at Tasha's, think, oh, hey, that's a good thing. We got that. We got that. Those are things I want. Those are things I don't want. You know, rather than a review of of the overall book, we're going to have a little look at it today, class by class. Although I do think eventually we will get to all aspects of the book. Yeah, look, Once this I is finish, definitely going to have to be a multi-part thing. There's a lot of cool stuff in here. And... Uh, and Can't just as, a general, review, and as a general review, as a general review, what's yeah. not to like? Yeah. You know, we got a, a whole great big cool book full of stuff, um, full of new D&D stuff. Uh, so yeah, we are we are going into the water headfirst mm. uh, because that's how you dive into a cauldron of everything when you make your dexterity saving throw and you only take half damage from that. Because you landed on someone? Well, there's that too. Um, if you're not sure what we're talking about there, that's that's for a future episode where we discuss the new rules for falling damage in mm. Tasha's well, Which I haven't anything. got to, I guess. I'm assume. so excited about it. Anyways, here we go. Uh, first up on our list, we are going to look- Can
1: I talk a little bit about, I think you're going to say barbarian. But I was going to say barbarian. I was thinking maybe looking, looking a little bit about artificer.
0: Oh gosh, there is a letter before B.
1: Mm, yeah, the A class-
0: it's a part of the... It's not just Eberron anymore. It's real d d It's real D&D. Everybody in anywhere can can now argue that they should be allowed to play an artificer in their yeah. campaign. I mean, it's still like DMs
1: beware, you know? Make sure that it feels right, you know? And I think there are plenty of ways to play an artificer so they don't feel mechanic-y and like break the the setting. Um, I mean, I've done it plenty of times. I think there are really unique ways to make an artificer that doesn't feel too, you know, outside of the... Of what's acceptable, or the norm, or makes sense, you know, or and sure. that isn't immersion breaking. Um, but I'd first like to talk about it a little bit. They get some extra spells, I think. Uh, from a first glance, I'm pretty sure. I'm not. I haven't double checked this, but I think they've like booming blade and green flame blade are new. I think frostbite looks new. Um, I also think. Mm, I think those are maybe simple additions like that. But I think there are, are some additional like damaging cantrips in there. Uh, which I'm a little bit torn about because it's always cool to have more options. But also, you only have two cantrips until 10th level, you know? Most people don't really get to 10th level, or that's like the end of the campaign, you know? like
0: series well, must, though, have, like everybody does, the ability when you hit an ASI to swap out cantrips. I know? mean, I'd assume, Do but
1: it doesn't really state that Let me here. have a little look here in the... Um, there isn't really any of that, here's some new options for you for Artificer yet. It seems like they're just sort of getting it up. And another thing about the cantrips of Artificer, if you don't know, plenty of the subclasses have integral class features tied to the Mending spell, you know? Like, use the Mending spell and you can restore your Battlesmith or your Artillerist thing or your whatever, you know? I think only the Alchemist doesn't need the Mending as a part of its like repertoire to make right. its class features do the best, and so in reality, if you take into account for mending, the only like spells that you're really like you only get one cantrip of your choice until tenth level, right? And if your DM allows you to swap out, that could mean swapping that one cantrip out every time you level up, which could be maybe every one, two, three sessions. Like well, so, your cantrips we'll are very limited.
0: We'll, we'll see this a little bit as we get through this book. Instead of swapping at every level, which is what. Um, the UA idea had kind of been sort of put about that um, every time you leveled up, you could switch some things. Um, it, we, they we're calling it spell versatility, um, which I don't actually see on the artificers, which is
1: no, I don't think they did any of the variant stuff. For but
0: um, but yeah, the in the UA. The cantrip versatility was whenever you gained a level, you could kind of you know, swap something around. But those versatilities have been changed to when an ability score improvement yeah, comes up, not which is, every Which local. is great. So then If you're a fighter, it's nice. I like that a little bit better because it basically reflects when you hit an ASI the idea that at this point you can be kind of shifting your focus of strengths, mm. if you will. You can, you know, and for some people even you could trade Potentially even uh, you could swap out your feats. You could, you know, do different proficiencies. There's different, um, depending on the class, ways that you could sort of see your character growing and character changing. And I think that's an interesting part of storytelling is how does character change come about? And if you're running a long campaign, you could have a character that starts in one place and ends up in a very different one. And it certainly doesn't lend itself to min-maxing. mm doing this sort of storytelling with your character of using this to sort of change what they're interested in what they're focused on is not going to be allow you to stack to get maximum bonuses so hopefully you're playing in a campaign setting with a dm who appreciates that sort of type of storytelling so that when the combat sort of as you move through levels um, the encounters which normally you know scale and get harder and harder and harder you know the dm can help you know manage those encounters so that you're not terribly horribly outmatched mm. by by doing a, a uh, more of a character based growth pattern so some things to think about but also sometimes your character just has sucked really bad because you made some bad choices uh, at level 4 or whatever and next time you get to your level 8 or 6 if you're a fighter and you want to like oh i'm going to do New ASI. I'm going to change that stuff and make it a bit better. So, yeah, it may not actually be nerfing your character to change them. It may actually be buffing them a lot more. So, I mean, on that even that wavelength, the idea of changing subclasses isn't
1: tied to ability score improvements even necessarily, and I think that could apply to even all of this. That's the other thing. At any point, if you're like, I really, really don't like this direction, you talk to the DM, and they're totally cool with you. All right, next session, we're gonna have this cinematic cinematic moment where you sit down and you can change, like we can give a cool narrative aspect where it allows you to change this thing. And there's a lot of cool examples in Tasha's. So if you're just tuning into this
0: and you're not sure what the subclass thing is, so in Tasha's, it also suggests that once you hit these sort of ASI points, you could not just change a few things in your character, you can change the entire subclass and sort of rejig. So you lose all of your previous subclass uh, features and you gain a completely different one. So you could switch, if you were a rogue, you could switch from scout to mastermind, uh, or something like that. You could, it it seems to be crazier even, if you were a paladin, you'd essentially be changing your oath. Um, It just could be a really huge uh, value shift in a character. I mean, there's some really powerful things, and you're right, this in-game should be... Consider something really like role play heavy super if your table's into these sorts of you know more emotional um, role playing situations these could be huge there could be so much fun so much powerful depth into it um, if you're more of just a combat hack and slash table these things might be less interesting and more purely mechanical and I'm, I'm not totally sure I would enjoy those sorts of shifts the same mm. way.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of like, there was a really cool example where like a war like domain cleric sits down and thinks of all the life she's she sort of taken you know and reflects and that like now that the war time's over, she takes up um, the peace domain option, which is a new subclass option. I think that's like such a cool like narrative like all right you know like sp- through reflection, you know she turns away from her her dark side like like the indulging in war and battle. And learns to appreciate yeah. you know life or I becomes think, a life domain, I think
0: for yeah. some it would be weirder like if you went from being like I say a, a say a scout and became a soul knife I'd be like well where do your psionic powers suddenly come from well that,
1: that could be a narrative element as well, well I suppose you suppose know? maybe, maybe you've you, just gone you, to you, you a, a mind player uh, colony exactly uh, and and you little, you've gone to the far realm sure. or something, or something It's you come out
0: as a, as a you know psi warrior your or, mind's been broken or yeah. a rune knight well,
1: if you're a fighter, if you're maybe, a fighter, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you spent um, time studying with giants, and suddenly your simple champion fighting is adapted into a unique style of, of carving
0: runes, and mm. it's become much more sophisticated uh, through experience. All right, so back to the subclasses here. Uh, right. The top of the list is barbarian, because well, I mean, right after artificer, but you like said artificer didn't really come out of UA. It's really come out of Eberron and been re- it's reprinted. True. But
1: there are new infusions from UA, sure. and the armor from UA
0: is but there. A few things have changed a little bit and a few more spells, but it's not really been a big... It, there isn't a... Like, on all the other ones within the book, there's a little... Or on the website, if you're looking at D&D Beyond like we are, there's a line that says optional class features. And actually, let's just say for a sec, if you are building a character now in D&D Beyond... On your very first home page of the character sheet, like where the picture and the name is, and normally you would tick things like you know, yes, I want homebrew content, or yes, I want playtest content. You actually scroll down just below that and find the optional class features uh, toggle. Make sure that's switched on so that you can get access to all the things that are in Tasha's. It's really important. Mm, yeah those little toggles can change everything much like critical role we sort of talked about small things
1: that can change but one thing about the artificer is that all those cool ua infusions that we saw with the armor are also kind of here like the helm of awareness uh and the some of the new armor like infusions that you can put onto your armor are there as well there's also one other one the mind sharpener which before you could just as much as you want like i succeed on co- concentration i succeed on concentration you know but now it's just you have four charges to instead succeed and then it recharges at dawn, you know but how many times are you really going to make a concentration like saving throw right like but still very interesting sort of change um but that's sort of all i noticed like from first impressions
0: with artificer i all think right. we can now move on to barbarian a little barbarian bit. optional class features in this so Um, I play a Barbarian in a campaign, uh, where we were using the stuff that was in UA. Um, the, the UA class feature for Barbarian had been something called Survival Instincts. And Instinctive Pounce. Yeah, and Survival Instincts you got at second level, and basically it allowed you to take expertise in an ability. In two abilities, um, I believe, right? Um... Yeah, maybe it was, actually. And so uh, because she plays this, I play a non-magical healer using the healing feat. Um, she uses medicine checks a lot. Not that she needs them for the, the healing, but she uses it for other things throughout the game. Um, I wanted her to, like, I wanted it just to really reflect in her character how awesome she was at medicine checks compared to, well, pretty much any other character I've ever seen. I've never seen a character with expertise in medicine, so I made sure she had that. And also, I think she got expertise in nature um, because that was part of what she needed to find uh, ingredients and stuff for various cures and whatnot. So between nature and survival and medicine were her sort of main checks that she needed to with, for the DM um, to sort of find and make you know, herbal remedies and things. So that is gone.
1: Yeah, um, it's now Primal Knowledge, <laughs> uh, which is a little bit different. Primal Knowledge is kind of a nerf, because I felt that sort of made Barbarians into rogues in a sort of way, where they suddenly got expertise, which, I mean, with the limited, their limited Barbarian skill sets, uh, keep in mind, but still didn't s- re- feel like super, like, Barbarian to me, although, again, Barbarian can be sort of whatever we sort of discussed on this, but they have sort of changed it to where you get one extra proficiency at third level and another at tenth, just from the skill list yeah doesn't double no expertise you just get in a couple extra preferences <sighs> yeah
0: over time i'm 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 saddened um like say, so here's the thing though okay so you get that without having to trade off danger sense the thing about survival instincts in the past though it was like i basically gave up my advantage on dexterity saving throws mm. to get that advantage in medicine so Look, talk to your DM. Uh, you know, all things are still possible within Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, you, you know, things that are even not rules as written. Um, and I suspect she'll just stay like that since we've been playing her that way for ages now and it's never been a problem in the game. So, uh, but for you folks at home making up brand new barbarians, kiss your expertise goodbye. Yeah, But you're and right, then- maybe maybe that... that is under undercut rogues in the past, and we we don't want to do that. Although rogues are can yeah. certainly hold their own,
1: but seventh level instinctive pounce is the same name as the feature that exists in UA, but it is a
0: little bit different. I don't really remember what so the instinctive original pounce one did. was. When a creature ends its turn within fifteen feet of you, uh, use your reaction to move up to half your speed to a space closer. So if it was basically if it was charging towards you and didn't quite make it all the way to you, but within 15 feet. Half your movement was likely 15 feet or more. You could basically use your reaction, um, assuming you'd wait till the end of its turn or something, or maybe it had already dashed to get there or something, because you wouldn't want to like use your reaction, run up, and then let it hit you. Or maybe you would, because, hey, you're a barbarian who needs to keep their rage up. Or you'd
1: rather them hit you than hit somebody your else. friends.
0: So whatever whatever the reason you were thinking about getting there, you'd use a reaction to move 15 feet uh, to a space closer to the creature. Uh, And, oh, actually, it said this movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks, so it also would be a cool way for you to get out of maybe where you were. Does it have to be a hostile creature? Uh... Nope, it says when a creature ends its turn within... That was what UA. Is. So UA okay, is okay, always then, a little bit... Okay, like, rah, rah, rah. well, then
1: what I imagine with that could even be like your friend ends within 15 feet, and you're like, rah, help, and you and run you could away. And you can move up. halfway towards, exactly, you, towards them. Which, again,
0: isn't a very... That's not a very barbarian thing to do, but anyways. Um, they
1: changed it a little bit. Yeah. So it's seventh level now. As a part of the bonus section you take to enter your rage,
0: you can move up to half your speed. Yeah, so it's just a nice bonus, like... I'm raging and I need to get into battle sort of faster sort of vibe. And it, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. It's really huh. useful actually. And it's third. makes your rage a little bit cooler when you just rah, run into yeah. it and get moving. Um, and that, but it went from being at fifth level to being now at seventh. Mm. So for a lot of players, they may not see that, or that might be a
1: late game.
0: Yeah. Late game. Cause Future. most, let's face it. Most games don't go much past level seven these days. Mm. Um, hopefully more people start changing that more dms out there start running more you know mid-tier games but that's our our biggest change i think to barbarians bards so bards got a sort of pretty good pretty good handful of everything that was given to them right right so yeah the some of the bigger changes with things like the spellcasters, which bards are... Spell lists. Partly. Uh, yeah, we're, we're spell lists. And
1: looking here, this is everything that I already thought was on the bard spell list. You know, color spray, command. Color yep. spray feels very like artiste, they, bard, splashing they colors. They also had... And command feels very bard, yeah. influence and Yeah. All of these... Those, those
0: came in. Um, UA had given them aid and large reduce, mind spike... Uh, mirror image. They don't get mind spike. Uh, do they get my, the new mind? I don't think
1: mind spike is a spell, is it anymore? Maybe it already existed. I think they get. I, I think it's the it Xanathars. I don't think they have it though. In looking here in yeah. Tasha's, they don't get that. They get enlarge and reduce. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, they also get
1: intellect fortress, the new spell too. Yeah, right. I mean, that's so, the third level. I, so I, these I'm are not, some of the I'm things that really come
0: bad. in. Um, you given them mass healing word slow. Mm-hmm. That's also here. Uh, phantasmal killer. Yep. Uh, contact other planes as a ritual. Uh, no, but they fifth. have Rari's telepathic bond instead. Yeah, that was there as well. Um, so, Hero's Feast at 6th. Dream of the Blue Veil at 7th. Oh, that's a new that's one. That's the Dimension Hopper. Yeah. Uh, prismatic uh, Spray. Yeah, that was in UA. Antipathy and yep. Sympathy and Prismatic Wall. And, yeah, so they didn't get Maze anymore no, at 8th level. So, that, so yeah, look, these the th- most of the UA spell list made it through. Um and frankly, it's okay that if you didn't get all the spells, it's still really nice that they have taken a chance to go back, review the spell lists, and had a look at, like, hey, there's an opportunity here to do still very class thematic spells that work with, with the, the classes. And I think it's really helped, you know, it'll help you, you build a character who can be more thematic around a particular idea. Uh, and I think that's remember the thing to do with your spells is try to try not just to pick min maxi things, but try to pick stuff that makes sense for your particular character what they're what they would be into doing. Um, they used to in UA they had something called magical inspiration. Uh, if a creature has a bardic inspiration die uh, from you and casts a spell, the creature can re-roll that die and add the number rolled to one damage or healing roll of the spell.
1: They've sort of reworded it, but it's a very similar feature. If they have a Bardic Inspiration and cast a spell that restores hit points or deals damage, the creature can roll that die and choose a target affected by the spell. Add the number rolled as a bonus to the hit points regained or the damage dealt. The Bardic Inspiration die is then lost. So instead of adding it to an ability check, saving throw, or uh, attack roll, they can instead add it to uh, a spell
0: Like, that restores hit points or deals damage. Which is nice. Uh, UA had given them something called spell versatility, which we mentioned a bit earlier. Uh, For the bards, it was whenever you finished a long rest, you could replace one spell you'd learn from your spellcasting feature with another spell from the bard spell list. The new spell must be the same level as the one you replace. Mm.
1: Less of that. uh, What they've done instead is that you can replace expertise features whenever you finish an ASI, or you can replace a cantrip whenever you finish an ASI, but spells are still the same. Whenever you level, you can replace one. No change, but so quite quite different actually. I love the art as well uh, on Dini Beyond. At that point, after that, there's well, that a, a dragonborn in, the, in,
0: the, in the books as well. Hmm? That artwork will be in the yeah,
1: a dragonborn bard of the College of Creation animates a statue to dance. He's got, uh, I think it's just such a cute photo. I love it. Um looking through the college of creation they've actually changed it a little bit as well i think a lot of the what it does is similar but they've instead of giving it unique names they've just said ability check attack roll and saving throw to make it like obvious like okay which one do you want to make even better with your your inspiration and we can get into like why these subclasses are cool but they've also performance of creation what was before a 14th level feature um, is now a third level feature where you can suddenly you can create things immediately. That, out of that's the gate. a huge change. Oh, you have to wait to fourteenth level. But it's, it's level. less powerful. I, I do admit that it is
0: less. But it powerful. is still. It's so good that they've they've recognized uh, that yeah. you need to give you need to give cooler stuff at lower levels mm. because that's where people play.
1: And then 6th level is also a smash hit with animating performance, but all of those I think are very similar. Fourteenth level is a little bit different, and College of Eloquence is the exact same. Still as broken as before. <laughs> Uh, being ported in, but that's you'll find with a lot of these like ported in ones that they're pretty much exactly the same. But bard, not much different uh, other than the versatility stuff. But that was sort of to be expected a little bit.
0: Yeah, mostly just changes to levels things are received at. It's nice, um, which is great. So clerics, the clerics. right? Um, um, new spells for them as
1: well. Sure. Spirit shroud, obviously. I feel like all of those aura ones that were selected only for the paladin are now becoming to the. Uh, becoming available to the Cleric, which I think is nice. Uh, some of the new summon ones, like summon Celestial, uh,
0: and yeah. then Sunbeam, Sunburst. So, and so throughout Power Tasha's, Field. the 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 really big thing here is the, those summoning spells. Lots of cool conjuration stuff. Coming. Right, so the summoning spells, and there's a summon kind of everything, and they come at different levels. It sort of scales the the challenge rating, if you will, mm-hmm. on the things you can summon. But here, instead of summoning... Like we have in the past where summoning was always based on a either like a short list of monsters from the monster manual or things that are sort of CR based that maybe you've seen before or whatever. Like the way that it's moving forward now, which is, I'm told, uh, a more of a callback to fourth edition. You have these, these like specific stat blocks. Yeah. and But they're kind of an amorphous
1: sort mm, of. Exactly. Like, you can choose chain. which, like, you know. Parts and pieces. So you, you know, summon with the Fae.
0: Exactly. And so then it's up to you. There's you different can flavor things. it. You can like shape it mm-hmm. and do whatever you want with it. Um, but its stat block is this one thing. And like,
1: here, here's an example for summon Celestial, right? There are different, like you can choose Avenger or Defender. Um, and so the Defender gets uh, plus two armor class, uh, for example. Um, they also gain uh the radiant mace weapon attack but if they're an avenger they instead get a radiant
0: bow you know just sort of simple right. changes there's simple things that you can you can bring on the table but for the dm these are really make running the game much much easier you're not having to flip through different books or monster manuals also good for the players where you're not having to like have a whole list of all the things you can bring in and what what can it do or what can't it do uh, it has made streamlining running the thing at the table better. But here's the thing. It really, because these are amorphous blobs that don't have a picture, they don't have a thing, it really relies a lot more on the DM or even the player to paint that picture mm. of those. So if you're playing um, with these new summonings, which you're likely going to be, um, you, there, is, there is a little bit more storytelling work that you have to do to make this fun and cool. Um, don't just say I summon Fae. You need to sort of like, okay, I use Summon Fae to bring forth my fairy fighter. Yeah, and but I mean, decide the first time it looks really like. ham it up, you know. Well, the first time
1: you do it, yeah, yeah, you don't make have to it do super it every cool, time. but then. You know, after tenth, eleventh time. Oh, I bring 10th out tenth, eleventh time. Like, all right,
0: <laughs> the you second, get the or deal. third. I, I, I um, cast summon
1: Faye and bring out whatever his name is. I don't know, Artagan. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah, you could give him a name, you could, or her a name, or whatever. Yeah, you could yeah, do exactly. stuff like that with it. Um, and you're right; some of them have a variant on them. Sometimes they can come out with wielding something melee and something range. Anyways, uh, I'm just mentioning this now because these these summoning spells are throughout all the caster stuff now, mm-hmm. like they're everywhere. Everybody's going to be getting into it. So if you're playing anything with from Tasha's, you are very likely going to start seeing these summoning spells at the table. Yeah. But I like it
1: because it's not like bring out eight chickens, you know, that they all yeah. have like, oh, what am I going to do with my eight chickens? You know, it's like, nope, this is just one thing on the table that you yeah. can control. Con- you control Conjure
0: sure, animals sure. is, is definitely a potentially it, yeah. broken or, um, or is it conjure animals? Conj- it's a third level. So the third level conjure beast spell um, can be very broken. Uh, just the way it's written, it may sound like not a big deal to put eight one-quarter CR creatures on the table, but it could very add up uh, to a real advantage on your side of the table really, really fast. I
1: also like how they scale it with like level. Casting it at higher levels makes a lot of the things better. Like another example from Celestial Spirit, like the... Uh, level of the spell impacts hit points, armor class. Yeah, uh, it, impi- uh,
0: it impacts damage. It like all but those. It's, it's things. better that way than putting a whole bunch more of them on mm-hmm. the table. Uh, I think that the possibly one of the, the more broken parts of druid was uh, the ability to conjure multiple things. Yeah.
1: Um, then harness divine power.
0: Yeah. So this is very similar this was to the, this was the big divi- feature, yeah. Exactly. This was in UA. This is your channel divinity thing. Where you it, can use it to it was, regain spell It was slots. at, yeah, it was at second level. Is it still there? still second level? It's a second level feature, yeah. You still can expand and, get and get use your Channel time. Divinity to fuel your spells. That's a bonus action. This is what UA said. You touch your holy symbol, utter a prayer, and regain one expended first level spell slot. Now, it's a little bit better than that. Yeah, them. they buffed it up. Um, this is a gain for players out there.
1: Yeah, uh... It's weird. It says the number of times you can use this feature based on the level you've reached in this class is also different. I'm, I'm not sure if that's referring to channel divinity or specifically harness divine power. I think it's your channel divinity. Um, but it means that you can use your channel divinity... Oh, I suppose that's still normal scaling, 2, 6, and 18, but uh, just I, I, a little surprising that they put that there. I don't know why they did. But now it's the level of the spell slot is half your proficiency bonus, which still isn't much. That won't become... Oh, it's rounded up, though. Yeah. So when you reach 5th level, suddenly you're regaining
0: 2nd-level spell slots. Right. And, and it's, it's again, this is a new mechanic we keep seeing mm. showing up again, things that are connected to proficiency bonus so that it allows it to scale uh, evenly, which is really great. And if you have an
1: Ion Stone of Mastery, I believe, which ups your proficiency bonus, you could even regain 4th-level spell slots with this, which is kind of cool um, as a bonus action um this kind of pays homage to the arcane recovery feature but makes it a little bit more cleric-y which i think is interesting yeah everybody
0: kind of has an arcane recovery type thingy now yeah i
1: mean Uh, the it's circle of land for druids if you want to get natural recovery you know Uh, song of rest for bards which is not really spell slot recovery but still and now this for the cleric which is kind of cool
0: but I think we, we lose the Blessed Strikes. I sh- actually, we don't.
1: We still get Blessed Strikes. Do we? Mm-hmm. Blessed Strikes, 8th level cleric feature, which replaces Divine Striker potent spell casting. Still there. Yeah. Great. Um, you're blessed with Divine Might in battle. This is sort of like if you don't want to essentially like commit yourself to only weapon attacks or only cantrips, you can instead now, once on each of your turns, not every time you do it, um, once on each of your turns, when you uh when something takes damage from your cantrip or weapon attacks, you can also deal an additional one D eight radiant damage to that creature. If a spell class, like if a spell casting or, or sorry, a, a subclass already indicates that you'd maybe do different damage, I'd still say that's okay. Um, like for example, the trickery domain does poison, you know. If my trickery domain really wanted to do extra poison, well, whatever. I'd let them do it, you know. It feels more thematic, uh, to what the character is really. Um but sort of interesting. Uh, instead of like, I believe it was everyone with Divine Strike, but now it's just once on each of your turns, um, which is an interesting thing, but it lets you sort of bridge the gap a little bit. I think it's
0: kind of cool. The Clerics also got their spell lists expanded. I think um, I touched on that a little bit, yeah. But not hugely, just a no. couple new things in there. I mean, they already have a pretty huge spell, uh, spell yeah. list, so nothing yeah. too huge. But moving on to Druids. Druids. The uh, most powerful class in D&D.
1: Well, by 20th level, they probably are. One of the most complicated as well. But interesting. I want to see what they... I'm not super familiar with what they added. I'm already liking what I'm seeing. A Revivify... Lots of people getting Revivify this season. Um, Protection from Evil and Good makes sense to me. Druids. I've always sort of thought of them as like protecting this world and sort of a little bit, you know, that Druid Circle idea. Um they also get Augury, makes sense to me, Continual Flame, Enlarge and Reduce, and Summon Beast, which is a new one. They get a couple of those auras, um, Aura Vitality, Elemental Weapon makes perfect sense to me. I've already also so, sort of thought of them as elemental people. Uh, revivify, Summon Fae, Divination, Fire Shield is an interesting one. Summon Elemental, so if you're to make that Fire Druid, maybe it's a little bit more possible now. Uh, cone of Cold, Flesh to Stone, uh, which I really like, Symbol, and Incendiary Cloud.
0: But not the ninth level ones that were in UA, uh, Mass Polymorph. Uh, Those are already a yeah. thing. Is that already a thing? Yeah. Uh, that came from Xanathars. Oh, may- maybe. Do they not have Mass Polymorph? I huh? don't know. I, I don't think they get uh, even normal polymorph. Power Word so. Heal? Uh, meh. They don't get that, no. It's, I think they've sort of... There were some things that I think they looked at and just went, you know what, let's just let leave things with the clerics that make the clerics awesome. Don't. I mean, the druids are, like you say, they're... By the time they're able to cast a ninth level spell, they're already really powerful with their wild form. So let the clerics have some stuff, right, that uh, are just for the clerics. Um, also, at 2nd level,
1: instead of maybe turning into a beast, if that's not really your vibe for a druid, you can instead summon uh, a beast with Find Familiar. This means you'll be a little bit like less combat-focused, but I think... Even for something like a, a circle of, of land or circle of dreams or something that isn't your, like, I'm wall shaping into a beast like the circle of moon is, this could be a really interesting alternative. And I'm also trying to think at 20th level, being able to cast familiar uh, as an action at will, you know, without material components is quite nice. You know, it does mean that at, at sooner levels, at second level even, you could get that scout raven up, rather than you having to turn into it, you know, and um, it sort of takes your druid in a sort of a unique uh, direction, which I kind of
0: like. Everybody's getting pets mm. with well, Tasha's now. Oh, really? Okay. There's So many more really? ability to to summon up a familiar, and the familiar so much more better. More
1: summons, but familiars like. But these just are to these sort of com- well,
0: companion pet. things. Well, rangers are getting better ones. Uh, the there's been buffs to the warlock ones. I, it does patient. feel to me as I was reading through it there are because it was sort of standardized the way now that that you can bring a familiar into the world that if it dies you can resummon it like you know there's a lot more of this sort of hey you can have this little companion thing around mm. um, I think that and you know what people love that yeah, like it's a, it's a cool cool thing to have um, and yeah I think you're, we're gonna we're gonna see no end to pets at the table for a while
1: yeah changes to the circle of wildfire as well I've sort of noticed that they do lean into that idea of rebirth a little bit more even because they get revivify for free as a druid which is really nice by the way druids have revivify La na 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 sorry but they get like instead of focusing on locate animals and plants and then right next to it flaming sphere you know I think it's sort of a funny thing it's now like there's plant growth an aura of life and mask wounds, in addition to the burning hands, scorching rays, um, fire shields, and flame strikes, which I think is yeah, yeah. kind of really cool.
0: Um, throughout Tasha's as well, there's these nice little like quotes and things. Um, not nice. Well, nice isn't the right word. There's there's semi humorous. I don't know if you like Tasha's humor or not. Tasha sounds like a time traveler. Ta- Tasha sounds like somebody who's visited possibly even our time uh, and has like popped back and forth throughout the multiverse um, seeing things and there's a little bit that she's got written up in the margins of uh, Circle of Wildfire where she says I can't tell you how many times I've burned everything to the ground and started over and it's like I think that's quite fitting for the Circle of Wildfire Sort yeah. of mentality. As I well. love
1: the photo there as well. It really gives me yeah. some park ranger cool vibes. I like it. I
0: exactly. I, like I, it. I haven't. I have never seen a really awesome picture of a dwarf druid. And
1: uh, now I'm convinced.
0: Go go f- out there, folks. Check Fire out the Fox. artworks. That's it's a real Firefox right there. That is. That's pretty awesome. Uh, that's one of the better pieces of character art. I'm not just totally sure. I'm I'm in love with a lot of the character I art. Like in but, I'm, I really like a lot. I really like. It's sort of. Uh, even, I'm about 50-50 on it right of, now. The
1: druid of spores one. Like with the little like undead bully
0: friend behind him is sort of so cute. I don't know why. Mm. I just love it. Some are better than others. Uh, uh, moving on to the fighter. Yeah. So fighters were were getting a lot through the UA thing. There was a, a fair bit of tinkering going on. Um, and it's kind of gets broken up into a bunch of places and then re-put back together in tashes. Um The first sort of chunk of things in here are the new sort of fighting style options and these fighting styles don't just show up for the fighter though these show up across all the martial classes now no some well you don't get all of them but they've created ones that kind of show up in in more places They give like rangers and paladins uh, a few ones, different yeah. things yeah um, but fighters more or less get them all and, uh, no,
1: no, they don't get any of the cool spellcasting
0: ones. Yeah, they don't get the cool spellcasting ones. Uh, but of the fighting options, uh,
1: blind fighting, which we saw, is right. a little so, bit different. They get blindsight instead of what was before. I'm not actually super remembering. So what, it was what okay. It, was, before, it
0: was, um, before you being unable to see a creature doesn't impose disadvantage on your attack rolls, hmm. right? So it would just be flat rolls, but now it's, it's straight, actually, up blind sight.
1: straight up blindsight,
0: straight up blindsight, but only for 10 feet. Yeah. So you can't do range attack work with it, but...
1: Yeah, you can see anything in that range that isn't behind total cover, even if you're blinded or in darkness. Moreover, you can see an invisible creature within that range unless it uh, successfully hides from you. Similar vibe, but a little bit stronger. Uh, Then Interception.
0: What was Interception? Uh, Interception was when a creature you can see hits a target that's within five feet of you, you can use your reaction to reduce the damage to the target... Um, Takes by 1d10 plus your, your proficiency. And so basically like you'd have to be holding a shield or a simple or martial weapon and you'd see your friend get hit and you'd like stick your sword out or shield in front of him, like ping and help deflect it. Um, I know the paladins get this, which makes total sense, right? That's such a paladin move to sort of do. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so this is what I'm saying. Like you'll see some of these extra fighting style options show up in some of the other martial classes and I think that's nice. It sort of helps give more more depth and flavor rather than just having the old, you know, do you choose dueling, do you choose defense, do you choose you know, mm. whatever. Um, and then
1: superior technique from the Battlemaster. So you can right. choose one maneuver from the Battlemaster. And that was, The Battlemaster was so good yeah. that
0: they had to give it to everyone. They <laughs> had to give it to everybody. Um, that was also used to be a feat, right? You mm. could do that through that as well. Um, I don't know if that feat still exists, but... And, and there are some uh, new maneuver options mm. as well. Yeah. But those uh, were
1: sort of talked about a little bit in, in UA as well.
0: Yeah. So it was like... But before we get to that... Okay. We'll go back to finishing up the fighting styles? Yeah. Okay.
1: So superior technique is pretty much the same, I feel. So we'll talk
0: about maneuvers in a minute. But the... Throne
1: weapon fighting.
0: Throne weapon fighting is, is still there, which is great. But it's uh, a little bit
1: more like archery, you know, where the ra- you get to plus the damage roll instead right. of the so attack Right, so it roll, used to be, yeah, you used you to gain one plus
0: one bonus to the damage roll, but now you get plus two. Yeah. And so it's actually been buffed. And you draw a weapon buffed. that has a throne property, as a part of the attack uh, with, you make with the weapon. So it's yeah. all... So that's a, that, that was the same. So nice. this one actually got buffed up. So they, they like thrown weapon fighting so much. Not only did they keep it, they gave you even more to it. Mm. And that, trust me, I, I'm now thinking about that for character builds for sure. The idea of having something that throws weapons is such a cool like alternative to having, you know, with bows and crossbows. I mean, it definitely is a much closer range melee fighter. So you might need somebody who's a little bit both, you know, a very versatile fighter. But mm. I even think about pairing it with an artificer
1: with a returning weapon, you know? Like like drawing it as a part of the thrown attack and then poof, bonus action, summoning it again, back to your hand, so that it's like, boom, all one fluid motion, and you're, and it doesn't say it's even like an, a free object interaction, it just is a part of the attack, which I, I, I quite like, you know, so you have multiple attack, say you've got like four daggers tucked in your coat pockets, you can, you know, if you've got four attacks at that point, um, or an action surge, or something like that, which I think is sort of a really, sort of cute, funny idea, um, with thrown weapon fighting, and then the final one, uh, is unarmed fighting, uh, which is sort of like, Kind of makes you a little bit of a monk as a fighter, but you don't if you don't really want to be an exact like monk, key focusing all that stuff, and you want to be a little bit more of that pugilist idea. Uh, so your unarmed strikes deal bludgeoning damage equal to one D six plus your strength modifier, which is better than the monk uh, at first level. And if you aren't wielding any weapons or a shield, when you make the attack roll, the D six becomes a D eight, which is also better than the monk. Um, this does feel like a little bit of a, an attack on the monk. I feel like they only have a d4 at this point. Yeah. And you're scaling with extra attacks every turn that doesn't take key points to make a bonus action extra thing. It, it's super high levels. I mean, at some point they'll outpace you with the bonus action flurry of blows, but eventually you're going to be doing like what they can do maybe a couple times, you know, that takes up their whole turn. Um, and they will have better movement, but you can just do that as a part of your attack, and then action surge, and do more and more and more, and eventually their d8s will become d10s, but is better than the monk out of the game. I was just looking at something. Did you say it has the grapple feature in it? And this is also part of the grapple. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit, but then also, yes, at the start of each of your turns, you can deal 1d4 bludgeoning
0: damage to one creature grappled by you. At the start of each of your turns. So mm-hmm. before it used to be, in UA, it was when you successfully start the grapple, you one, deal 1d4 Oh, and this, is, and then you can also deal this damage to a creature whenever you hit it with a me. So now, as long as they're in your grapple, you're doing one d four. That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's that's nice. Really that's that's probably the damage, best but-
0: the best grappler uh, buff we've had in the game in ages. Like grappling is is always been something I'm quite interested in trying to build mm-hmm. a character to do, but it's tricky. It's a tricky, tough one for yeah. sure. Uh take the this definitely and makes and this play. definitely yeah. is the buff that we've been been wanting for grapplers.
1: Martial versatility. Uh so similar to spell casting but a little bit different. You can replace fighting styles and you can replace maneuvers from the Battle Master archetype. Um, which is sort of interesting. By the way, now moving on to maneuver options, um, there's ambush. So what was the oh, when sorry.
0: when could you replace maneuvers? What's the rule now?
1: Same as fighting styles always fourth level when there's an ability score improvement. You can swap it out.
0: Right. Um,
1: Same with fighting styles. Yeah,
0: so in the UAA, it was suggesting that whenever you finished a long rest, you could swap one out. But it's it's nice now to see that that's, uh, that's been nerfed. Because I think every time you have a long rest, is ridiculous. I mean, it's... Yeah.
1: No, I'm all yet. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of like swapping and swapping and swapping and swapping. I would like to see that for maybe magic options, but I feel like... Perhaps that's too much um, to ask for. Yeah. Maneuver options, though. What what did it say on the, the UA for right. the new maneuver options? Because right. I know so, a lot of them should have been changed.
0: So there was, um, there was ambush. Name-based. Right, ambush. So describe to me what that was. When look you like. make a dexterity stealth check uh, or an initiative roll, you could expend one superiority die and add that die to the roll. That's the same, but now it says you can't be incapacitated and do that. What, you, of course you can't be incapacitated and do that.
1: But it's just making sure that everyone's doubled up on the rules. <laughs> when you're incapacitated, sure you can't do anything. Compliant, rule compliant.
0: Yeah, so um, I think that's the other wonderful thing um, is, and you're very good at this when you write up homebrew and stuff, is there is a, almost like a legal ease to the rules. The way they're written, there's like a standard form like, that you have to sort of write it into to ensure that it doesn't break. And, uh, and I think UA often does not comply. UA leaves giant loopholes sometimes. And it's nice that the rule lawyers have gone through this with a fine-tooth comb and uh, fixed some of those, those loopholes.
1: Bait and switch.
0: Yeah, that was one of our UAs as well. Uh, when you were within five foot of an, a- an ally on now your turn, uh, you could expend a superiority die and switch places boop, boop, uh, with that ally. Uh, so any creature? Yeah, but the creature has to be willing and it, okay. not incapacitated. Right, so allies just been swapped out for somebody A non-incapacitated willing creature. Uh, provided you spend, spend at least five feet, five feet of feet movement. movement. Right. This movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. Does that still remain yep, the same? Yep, still there. That's good. Um, so again, you can swap yourself out without getting smote by something, which is really great as well. Ooh, without letting
1: them get smote, especially it, if you're like more. heavy plate. Big or vice versa. Shield, you know, if you're like... the
0: squishy cannon, uh, well, I guess you wouldn't be a squishy cannon as a fighter, likely. You're more likely. You're right. You're more likely to be the armored tank in the scenario. And what you can. And do... you see your squishy cannon in there, and you're like, get out of there. Another thing about bait and switch is
1: that you can roll the superiority die until the start of your next turn. You or the other creature gains a bonus to the AC equal to the number rolled. So maybe you are have been tanking hits and you're nearly dropping. You're like, all right, sw- tag in, you know, and you swap and you give them the yeah, bonus well, to AC yeah, while you run well away. Well, if you've
0: got a fighter and a paladin or a fighter and a barbarian in your party, mm. you could swap around. Um, but Or you could use it just like the name suggests. You set bait out there. You put your squishy wizard out as bait. And when the pack of gnolls come running out for that boop boop boop, boop. you swap in your your raging barbarian or, or in this case I suppose. this is on your this turn is your still, turn it's yeah. not a barbarian it's your fighter you're swapping in your fighter and your fighter can can yeah start to go to town on the the, the gnolls or whatever brace um oh one other thing bait and switches was oh. in there does it still have the bonus to ac equal? i mentioned that Yeah. yeah okay uh Brace. Brace was there before. Um we've kept that in. Uh when an enemy you can see moved within five feet of you. Within your reach. Now it's just within your reach, not just five feet. So now that bugbear with fifteen right. foot reach. You could use your reaction, expend a superiority die, and make a weapon attack. And uh, if it
1: hits, ooh, now you can do that without even needing to be a cavalier. Now the now the cavalier is defunct because they've given them a fighting style which makes them better than the cavalier. Uh
0: wow that's crazy so it's basically now so how is this different level? from? how is this different from um, this is basically like an opportunity attack when things are moving towards Fourth you level. right it's a bit yeah. like doesn't this is the cavalier I'm isn't telling you does sentinel this do cavalier. that as well no, uh, maybe uh, that's Polar Master. I Polar think Master you know. does it. But that the
1: Cavalier well. is essentially like that idea of whenever things move or enter your reach as well, you can make attacks against them, which is what our build is. But now we just need Battle right. Master. But this is a maneuver. Use brace. Well, and well, then as soon as anything moves in fifteen feet, you, you don't use have to be a Battle Master. Is, right? Or, yeah, you could take superiority exactly. technique. You could be a champion or a Eldritch Knight, or even just take a Echo one level Knight. Dip in Fighter, Echo Knight, and so then you've got two spots. 15-foot reach, because your your Echo Knight can also do that attack.
0: Echo Knight bugbear? Is that what you're suggesting? Echo Knight bugbear with brace? With polearm,
1: master, and sentinel, and suddenly anything within a
0: 15-foot radius, but two
1: 15-foot radiuses, so a 30-foot radius?
0: Well, no. Well, yeah, potentially if you've got that much space between you. Yeah. Anything that moves between you two could get...
1: hit and it can't move hit and it can't move hit and it can't move how annoying is that and if you
0: hit you wow. get to add the superiority die to the attack rolls damage well well, again you can only do this a couple of times well um, you're gonna run out of superiority die pretty quick but still like this is
1: gets your grounds covered if you just don't want something to move or you really want to get that edge when something moves into your reach
0: well, spell, especially but... if you don't have a great initiative and if you think if you think that one kind of messes with the uh the cavalier the next one on the list restraining strike is that still in there uh no it got dumped or i think it's now called grappling strike Ah, uh, grappling but. strike yeah that makes sense because it's it's it not actually, really restraining it's, more, it's grappling. more of a grapple and then restrain again thank you rule rule lawyers for getting the words right on that um immediately after you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack on your turn now it's just a melee
1: attack it's not to be a weapon
0: attack uh really so i could shoot them huh uh, no, I mean, still
1: melee, but just not a weapon attack.
0: It's just melee attack. Melee attack. Right. Could
1: be a melee spell attack. Could be... Oh, interesting. Melee? Like, really? Yeah. Hmm. Could be a, well, I suppose, so, Right. Strike. so if I use could a melee be... spell
0: attack, I still grab hold them somehow. You spend a superiority die and use a bonus action? Yep. To, so you So you're burning both action bonus action uh, on this to grapple. Um, I, I suppose if you had a grappler feat, you could bonus action grapple as well. So... Yeah. It's true, but now you don't um, have to pick up that You don't that have, feet. To have to have that feet. Uh, and then you add the superiority die to your strength athletics check. Is that still Ooh, there? Ooh, yes. That means your grapple, you're going to have a better chance in grappling. Yeah, that helps a great deal uh, if you're trying to make that grappler. This is a good maneuver for that. Mm-hmm. Adding this with the, the unarmed fighting style is quite a co- good combination if you're making a grappler. Um, and before, it used to say the target is also restrained while grappled in this way. I suspect no, they've dropped they've that. they dropped that, yeah. That's way over to, like that was super awesome like that instant restrain like like, haha! i've restrained you immediately and now you can't attack
1: or do anything bad to us but it means that you know next turn you've already grappled them and hit them that next turn start your turn deal that extra d4 to them and try and restrain them if you had that grappler feat already
0: you know like cool uh yeah those are those are pretty cool things um silver tongue i think that's been dropped right
1: i think it may have a new name And it's been, like, slightly changed.
0: So it used to be you may... Yeah, I... I
1: I I think it's now called commanding presence. They've dropped the deception and instead given uh, performance and intimidation instead, or maybe performance and persuasion. I knew uh, that before Silver Tongue was... It was deception and... Deception
0: and and persuasion. So
1: now that's replaced with intimidation and performance instead of deception, but it's still the same where you can expend a superiority, superiority die and add the superiority die to the ability jack. So, again, makes you better than the samurai. Yeah. Replaces that samurai feature. Boom. There you go. There's an option. Yeah. Essentially, battle masters become why just pick me. <laughs> just pick me. The only contenders are Echo Knight and 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 uh, Eldritch Knight because I can't cast spells. But otherwise, why aren't you just picking me? I'm way better than Purple Dragon Knight then R- Samurai rune knight? rune knight come on well, we'll okay rune knight we'll have to ten, get to that in right? another episode but uh, yeah we'll talk about some of the we'll new stuff we'll talk about my depth, but... my
0: rune knight durgar build uh, yeah. at another point uh, we may actually run spoiler, out of time spoiler but... alert it's how you get to become a, uh, a huge a quick creature quick on the table there's also
1: toss and tactical assessment those are similar I don't know I think we should move on to
0: the next uh, yeah alright right. Though. We've been, the fighters obviously have got a lot of features a lot of going a lot of pool, on new, and it's all there and it's all legit now so you don't have to be begging your DM. Yeah. Now you
1: know, I kind of want to make some fighters, to be honest. Yeah, well... Oh, oh, also, oh, I want to talk about it. They've got so many cool, like, suggested builds that you could do, like, with, with the, the new Battlemaster stuff. Like, hey, have you ever wanted to play a Lancer or, uh, like, a writer or, like, all these, like, different things? Or, like, a certain type of, like, fighter or shock trooper or, like, that idea of that archetypal type fighter type? It literally tells you which... Battle Master maneuvers to take, what feats that complement it, all those things like weapons that you could use. It's such a cool like. I think all right, here's what you should and do to make this. The,
0: isn't that lovely as well? Because like fighters, I think we're starting to get a little overlooked because so many of the other classes with like their really cool subclasses, we're outshining them. Um, and we've talked about this in some of our, our previous podcasts, with how vanilla is, uh, you know, is the is fighter beginning uh, to look? And we were saying how cool you could still make a vanilla character. But now the vanilla is starting to have so many extra, like, cool things put into it that you're like, you know what? Let's just play more fighters at the table. Yeah. Monks have lost a lot from what was originally promised to them,
1: but they have still gained a lot yeah. as well. But, you know, do I feel bad for monks? I mean, No, they are have a million I mean, features. This is just another couple, like, what, thousand features on top of everything? Like, now you're getting, like, two things every level. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it does make them a little more front-loaded. Because the thing with monks is that they typically get, like, cool features every single level. But the the beginning is a little bit, like, you're simple, you know? You have your unarmored defense, you have your martial arts, and then next level you get your key, and then, you know, slow progression until... There's still things at every level, don't get me wrong, but this sends them into, uh, like, yeah, you've got a million things to do. I think this makes them a more complicated class than they were before. But, again, you could always not allow this at the table and keep them a little bit more simple, but... Dedicated weapon. I love this feature because it means that you can use two-handed weapons as a monk. Sorry. No, that, that, was, that is that great. And it's, hear, it's but sort of... It, it does I, I was
0: worried happy. that it was sort of going to make problematic with, like, making Kensei subclass. Like, it doesn't though. You know, no.
1: That's good. It just gives you... It, it must lack the heavy and special properties. And this could... It sort of, like, gives me Pact of the Blade combining with Kensei. Heck, like, the idea of that hex blade thing. Like, it still works even better with a specific archetype, you know? Like, this complements the Kensei, but it doesn't need to work with the Kensei. And it also complements other classes because it lets them still take those two-handed weapons instead of, or, you know, those unique weapons that aren't available to,
0: you know, and other I think, monks. I think what I like about it as well, like, the UA said you could have, like, five weapons this way. No, and I was just like, one. I'm like, yeah, that was just crazy. I'm like, who needs, like, no character build needs five freaking weapons. Yep. Just just pick one, be cool with it, and just be done. Like, ugh. So much better this way. Just keep it simple.
1: It can't have heavier special properties. Yeah. So, no And before lens, it
0: said but... it couldn't have two handed as well. But now, two handed is dropped. Two but there are a lot in, of weapons that are still heavy, but still. Nice yeah. to know. Nice you can find some that aren't. Mm. Key fueled strikes uh, are kind of there, but something different now, I think, right? Uh, Uh, Key-fueled strikes, I think, are still
1: there. Um, Whenever you spend a key point as an action on your turn... You can make one attack with an unarmed strike or monk weapon as a bonus action. So, this doesn't need to even be the attack action, which is what martial arts sort of guarantees you. Now, as long as you spend a key point on your turn, which works with a lot of subclasses, like a way of shadow could drop a darkness. And then, as soon as that's happened, they, you know, bonus action. Bonus action punch, you know, Um, which is nice. Yeah, it is nice.
0: Uh, Distance. And makes
1: the four elements a little bit better as well.
0: So some of the other features here, Distance size changed. Uh, it's now called Focused Aim.
1: Oh, yeah, that's 5th level, yeah. Uh,
0: and, yeah, it, before it was being handed out at 2nd. Now it's 5th uh, level. And that's uh, changed a little bit. Before it was, like, basically you could attack at long range um, without imposing disadvantage. Now it's pretty much even
1: better. When you miss with an attack roll, you can spend 1 to 3 key points to increase your attack roll by 2 for each of these key points, you spend potentially turning the miss into a hit. So that's essentially a free plus six if you're willing to dump three key points into it
0: at fifth level. Yeah, it's, that's pretty nice. Although I have to say, there take was there's something a little two levels there's something in more domain. was kind of cute about insane. the idea that of uh, spending a key point to gain the sharp like an element of the sharpshooter. Well, then why not just take the sharpshooter at that point? Well, it's a know? whole feat. I mean, it's like you know. I'm it's playing true. a monk. I'm probably going to not a range that into character. wisdom. You're not a range character. As a monk,
1: you're a short range character. Yeah, I suppose I you could try and build a range monk. I mean, there's plenty of great examples of range monks, but you know, if you want to, then invest in
0: the feet. You know, but yeah. I feel like this is, like, is this, still, this is so great as a range monk, play. though. There's nothing wrong with this. It's, it's, true, it's, gonna, true, gonna, it's true. This is still going to make way better to hit those hard targets. Mm, so, yeah, uh, especially
1: when your punches aren't really getting that. And cool, let's face it, if you're playing, if your range
0: weapon's a longbow show me the battle map that's that you're more than 120 feet away from something on like yeah. come on uh arts also quick and that. healing they get
1: um as an action you can spend two yeah. key points and roll a martial arts die you regain a number of hit points equal to the number straight, of roll straight bonus really straight nice. out of ua really baby nice. straight so out could even be a free at higher levels 1d10 plus six which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, Way of Mercy has been fixed, so they, they can't give their friend uh, immunity to all damage for seven days. It's just reviving things, um, which is cool. And Way of, Astral, Way of Astral Self has been nerfed, so they don't regain key points at 17th level, which means my uh, your, insane your Halloween, Halloween build where I'm just sucking up all those key points is no longer possible. So I'm kind of glad that
0: we did that when we did <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. That was a. When you talk about one shots, sometimes they really are once in a lifetime. Yeah, that's um, why it's
1: sometimes it's fun to play a UA because it won't stay that way forever.
0: Well, and it's nice to have, like I said, I've th- said this in previous podcasts, build stuff when they're in UA because in D and D Beyond, even though that that class goes that subclass may go away, you get to keep an ar- excuse me keep an archived version of it that's still playable, um, which is fun.
1: Mm. Uh moving on quickly to Paladin, we may not be able to finish. Uh we're
0: nearly at an hour. Uh Paladin Well why don't we why don't we say this to the viewers then? We will do this break this into a, okay. a special we'll keep going here, but because of the limits of our technology uh for hosting services and things, what we'll do is we will we will take a pause here and those of you at Radio Land, if you need to uh you know take a break, uh, you know, go get yourself uh something from the fridge or uh you know whatever it might be, uh, join us back here right away for our special, uh, second part to Tasha's, which you won't have to wait a whole week for. We'll, uh, we'll just keep going with this and post it up. So here's our magical break and, uh, Hey, go to the outro.